It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. Welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast presented by Fetch Me Home Delivery. Use promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. I'm Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas, Inter Sharpless of ESPN 106.7. Guys, is a throwback Thursday. How we doing? I'm great. I'm good. I'm excited. A uh, lot of stuff I didn't remember from this game, and I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing what you guys thought of the rewatch here. Painter, how are things? Can't complain, and this is, I think, probably the apex of what might be one of the weirder seasons, not just in Auburn program history, but for any individual team when you look at what happened in 2012 and just how drastically things changed, yeah. not only from one season to the next, but think about the beginning of this season to to where we're going with this this SEC championship game and how different the team was in those few months. We're recording this Thursday morning, so the draft is tonight. We'll talk about the draft more uh, tomorrow because um, I know a lot of you guys will listen to this after the first round has aired. So, uh, yeah, yeah, the 2013 SEC championship, Auburn taking on Missouri, and yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff that I kind of forgotten about. And so, um, first things first, let's open it up to the phones. Uh, we got a few stories, and I want to hear your stories as well, guys. You can call Locked On Auburn at 205 502 4285. All right, this one is from Ryan. Uh, he, one of my best friends, he was a groomsman at my wedding. We worked together at RBD Library. And uh, we were having to work during this game. So he called in and shared his story. So Zach and I were working at RBD Library on Auburn's campus the night of the 2013 SEC championship game against Missouri. So Zach was the supervisor, and I was a lonely peasant worker. (laughs) And we were trying to get all of the TVs that we could in the library to show the game. And there used to be this room behind the circulation desk called the newspaper reading room, and it had all kinds of TV showing all news from around the world and around the country, you know, all the mm. all the uh, the mob media, as our favorite Rush Limbaugh likes to say. And so we had them all changed to that, and, and Auburn was winning, and it was, it, and then they would lose, and then they got behind, and, and then we won, and, and it was just such an incredible experience, and we were working, and, you know, Auburn tradition, you know, we go and we roll the trees. Well, I was working, and I look at Zach as soon as we win, and I'm like, can I go? And he looks at me and says, yeah, sure. I almost got fired so for I this. I run to Tumor's Corner. I rolled the trees. I came back, and we ended up watching the – the uh, Ohio State-Michigan State game where Michigan State made that defensive stand at the end, and I just remember us excitingly declaring that we were going to Pasadena. And one of our friends got over the intercom. and I was going to fire for this, too. our co-worker, Alex, and he got over the intercom and said, we're going to Pasadena. And, of course, we later in, got in trouble for that. But yep. that same night, Zach Me more than go him. again to go to uh, roll the trees, <clears throat> and that was just a – just an incredible, um, an incredible night, and one of the best, most memorable nights of working at RBD. So, thank you, Ryan. Love you, buddy. Yeah, I mean, that was the craziest thing about that day slash evening is tumors got rolled twice. It was an insane day because you're coming off of an exciting Georgia Alabama rivalry game victories, and I mean two of the more historic, crazy endings ever. No and question. 
The Missouri game is exciting in its own right. It's pretty close for three quarters. In the fourth quarter, Auburn starts to pull away. And there was just a ton of offense. There was a lot happening because it was very clear at that point. Greg Robinson was getting a lot of love. People were figuring out, oh, this guy is different. Not many people can move like this in mm-hmm. his size. Trey Mason and Nick Marshall over the last month start getting their name in the Heisman conversation. I think Trey Mason launches himself to New York with the performance he had in this game. And then, yeah, I think the thing that's perhaps equally telling or interesting about this night is not just that Auburn manages to get into the SEC championship and blow out Missouri in the fourth quarter, but they're still waiting on an unlikely result if if they want to get into what will become the final BCS championship. They still need that Michigan State win. Yeah, Auburn moves away in the fourth quarter, and you're kind of thinking like, wow, what a run. We were so close, but holy cow, what a way to end the season. Right, I remember being fully prepared as a student to be disappointed because it's like, is there any way in which they're going to value Auburn's win and their resume enough to move up to number two. And it's like, they're just like, not, you're not hopping Ohio state. Yeah. They're just, they're not going to do that. And so your only hope is, is this Michigan state team. And Ryan mentioned the, the stop that they get. And I remember where I was, I was at two twenty one apartments. I watched the game at our fraternity house in lower parlor with a bunch of my friends went downtown, enjoyed myself, went back to two twenty one, which is not very far from downtown. Sure. Uh, we watched that game tables are flipped furniture is broken when we run back downtown like a lot of other people and celebrate for the second time i think one of the most fun weekends of my entire college career it was crazy it was absolutely crazy i mean just the fact that it got rolled i worked until i had to work uh, the that supervisor shift around i was talking about i had to work till midnight and i was like gosh i hope people are still going to be downtown rolling at midnight and they were. I mean, this is hours after uh, the Auburn game ended, and it's still hours after Ohio right. State and Michigan State, and people are still going crazy. It's like Auburn is going to the national championship. And, and you got to think about how bad the season before was. I mean, it was awful. I think that's the backdrop of all this, right, is not just the incredible season, not just the comebacks of Georgia and Alabama, not just the, the come-from-behind win early in the season at home against Mississippi State or, or that crazy game in College Station. Like, there's all these things that happen with basically a lot of the same pieces that had the worst season in 60 years in modern history. Yeah. And that led to a coach who two years prior had just won a national title being given the boot. Right. And just watching that offense again, uh, I mean, it's just, it, it is crazy to me. One, that performance by Trey Mason may be the best running back performance that I can think of. I mean, what he did was absolutely incredible. And it's not like Missouri was bad. I mean, they were the, I forgot that they were ranked fifth, by the way, just turned that game on yesterday. I forgot that they were ranked fifth in the country going into it. It's kind of crazy to think about that. But 46 carries, 304 yards, four touchdowns. And I mean, every time I watch the Trey Mason situation, it's like he gets six yards no matter what. He's going to get six, a six yard carry, six yard carry, six yard carry. And every now and then he flashed something crazy. But yeah, what a game. What a game. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting that you guys say you know, what you said about the environment in Auburn, um, and then Zach, you saying you forgot Missouri was number five. I was a senior in high school at the time of this game, and I remember being extremely relaxed the whole week, the day of. So I also completely forgot it was number five, Missouri. Uh, watching the game, I forgot that it was a close game. Like, I don't know if it was the rushing performance. They, they ran as a team. I mean, obviously, we highlight Trey Mason's 300-yard performance. 
which is incredible. But as a team, they ran for almost 600 yards. Yeah, Missouri and, had 534 total yards of offense, and Auburn had 677. And, and, so, and that, that's Missouri's stats with them scoring a defensive touchdown because Nick fumbled. And then he also fumbled, I think it was the first drive of the game, and yeah. they had a short field there. They only got a field goal. But that's with two of their drives either being short or just having no offensive production whatsoever. I think there's a Corey Grant fumble in the beginning of this game, too, isn't there? Where, uh, there may have been. Where Gus Malzahn is particularly one of the more angry I can remember him getting at a player, but that's neither pure uh, nor I there. forgot that in 2012, Missouri was 2-6 and six in the SEC, so they were also kind of having a storybook yeah, season. That, I mean, that was kind of a storyline going into it, is how bad these two teams were the year before. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I miss Uncle Vern. Just, I mean, I feel like that was the first note I took. What's funny about that is how much bleep he took. Like, the entire time he was... That that seems to happen with... We get this big nostalgia for the voices of because we grow up with them, right? Yeah, and his then, legacy aged really well. Uh, yeah, people were cursing him. And people still do it to Gary, by the way. So it's going to be interesting in five or ten years when Gary steps down. And all people will talk about how fondly they remember Gary. And I'm like, I remember you cussing him out at tailgates while I was standing right there. Actually, uh, we, we, have a, we have a voicemail about this game and... Gary Danielson is involved in it. So uh, we'll touch on that next right here on Locked On Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, let's throw it to Jeremy. 502. I'm sorry, 205, 502. What's the rest of the number? 4285. All right, here's Jeremy, another groomsman in my wedding. Hey, guys, this is Jeremy, 2013 SEC Championship Story Time. I was a student. And so the, I actually won the ticket lottery, so the tickets were only $50, went with my friends. Uh, we beat Missouri down pretty hard. I think we had over 500 yards rushing, so good team, good game. Uh, before the game, I walked down to the front row, and I took a video of Gary Danielson putting makeup on. And he uh, it was a funny exchange. He told me not to post it on social media, so if y'all want me to post it. <laughs> can certainly do that. Uh, after the game, I had some friends go to a bar in Atlanta, and they said Charles Barkley walked in and he said, War freaking Eagle drinks are on beat. So that was that. a good story, man. But my story doesn't really start until we got home. We were all parked in the Beardies parking lot and decided, to, instead of going home, to walk across the street to South Donahue to the football players' dorm and watch the Ohio State-Michigan State game with them. And uh, so we were there with them to watch Ohio State lose. All the players went crazy. Uh, D4, Nosa Igwe was there. And the last thing I remember was Trey Mason jumping up on a table or something with a bunch of guys around him. He was kind of the emotional leader. He said, we're going to California. Uh, I'm going to be on the beach with no shirt and my drawers. So they all ran out to the parking lot and got in their cars and started driving laps around Auburn, blaring music. But uh, it was a night to remember for sure. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's just so cool that we got to celebrate it twice. I think that's what kind of separates this from nothing. I mean, you got to celebrate the SEC championship, like we said at the start of the show. And it's like, wow, we came a long way from a year ago. And then it's like, 
oh, we get a shot at this. We actually get to have, maybe this can happen. And then when Michigan State pulls this thing off, I mean, it was, oh, what a night that was. All right, so you got a lot of notes about the actual game, Michael. Well, Tell us about it. sort of. Okay. I, see, um, I, I just see a page yeah, full of notes over there. Yeah. Uh, they flashed on the screen that Nick Marshall had 97 passing yards and 99 rushing yards in the Iron Bowl. Is it just me, or does that feel like it's like way worse than you thought it was? I would have guessed it was more than that. Like that just read, read those again. 97 passing yards and 99 rushing yards. That's crazy. I feel like that all happened on two different plays because he had a pretty long running touchdown in that game. And then the the the, the Marshall to Coates play in that game was thirty yards by itself. Also, yeah, I don't know, but they <laughs> flashed it, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Okay, um, that game was so fluky. <laughs> Gary, <laughs> we had uh, to have so many things go right in that game. So we've mentioned Gary now. Jeremy did, and Painter did. The um, sweet Prince Gary he kept he kept calling off Auburn's offense the triple option, which I, I understand and, and everything. It bothered me more that. So often in that game, there was not a like third rushing option. It was just like it was just a zone read. It does right. it does feel like it, the like, the media members are starting to figure out. Remember, there was also a time where it's it felt like some commentators could not go more than a play without that's an RPO and that's an RPO. It's like yeah. there's this element because it was sort of this new dressed up wing tee option offense and he's not inherently wrong about the third because like just in the Alabama game they had exercised a third option by using Sammy Coates my least favorite thing is one a lot of the time it's not a read option it is a midline there are different plays and we ran a lot of midline in that game that is an interesting point too that a lot of times I think or at least sometimes I don't know how much but there there wasn't as much option in what Nick and Trey were doing. Sometimes it was simply I think a designed right, run. Right, and I think there's a lot of assumption of, okay, I think that was actually pre-designed. I think they knew mm-hmm. who's getting that. Because I think there'd just be more fumbles. And, and there were plenty of fumbles due to that uh, throughout the season. But, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, a zone read or the, is different than a midline. I mean, a lot of the times they like bring a guy in and you kind of see Nick put the ball in the motion guy's belly and kind of wait for a second. He's reading the three technique. He's not reading the defensive end. So, I mean, it, just a lot of a lot of different stuff that's out there, but um, yeah, and I think it's just a weird the assumption. I think we saw it with Bo Nix's past year this weird assumption that everything's a read, and it's it's not more than more most times it's not. I would I would guess, and after talking to after talking to players, but yeah, yeah, no, it's it's, it's just, weird that he called it a triple option because yeah, it's kept, not, it's and, not that. And then, kind of deservingly, Gary just roasted the Auburn defensive backs the whole game. I mean, he like at one point I'm pretty sure he was like, "Yeah, they should probably cover someone." <laughs> they were so bad in 13 and 14. It's you know I know it's been a common refrain, but Auburn fans no. sort of joke, sort of. They just Dorian Green Beckham looked like he was. I mean, they made him look right. like he was the greatest thing what since. What do you think about bread? what has happened with this defense from 2016 on? If they had any of those defenses with those two years of 13 and 14's mm-hmm. offense, it's hard not to envision them beating Florida State. Can we all agree that Chris Davis is perfect, though? Can we just agree on that? Sure. Uh, I, I don't I mean, think we should ever be able to diss Chris Davis. That's sweet, would, sweet man. I would. I mean, he ended up being on an NFL team. Uh, and has probably the most famous play in Auburn football history. Maybe college football, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah, that too. I don't know what would top it. All right, more of Michael's notes coming up right here on Locked On Auburn. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. 
Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, brother. Take us home. What else we got? Uh, Casanova McKenzie okay. just remains one of the best names uh, in college football history. Yeah. Move over, Smoke Monday. Yeah. Uh, they showed a highlight uh, from the 2011 Mizzou season, and they were playing against Texas. Uh, so I guess that was like right before they joined the SEC, right? I was wondering how you're going to work Texas into this. <laughs> so yeah, 2012 was the first year. Where how they joined. how weird do you <laughs> think it would be to have been on that 2011 Mizzou team and have you play a slate of Big Ten or Big Twelve games, and then the next season you virtually totally play none of the same teams, right? How strange do you think that would Especially be? Especially if you were then an upper class. Like, what if you'd played a couple years? You know, it'd be yeah. one thing if you were a freshman in 11 and you played sparingly or maybe you redshirted. And so it's like, all right, we're playing some. But, like, if, if your junior year is 2011 and then you're finishing the season in the SEC and, you know, I don't – do you remember what their record was in 2012? Because you mentioned they weren't yeah, very they good. Yeah, they were 5 and 7. They were 2 and 6 in the SEC. That I hadn't thought about what a dynamic that would be if you had been on Missouri's team for more than a year – got used to playing in that conference, and then it's like, oh, sweet, now we're playing Georgia. Yeah, and there was a storyline around that game as well as like, okay, A&M and Missouri, when they came into the conference, everyone was like, You can't cool. hang. Well, I, I think they're saying like, cool, A&M's legitimate, and then Missouri, it's like, okay, the, the East has another Vandy, and then they make it before A&M does. And both teams end Twice. up having... Yeah, I mean, to be... You're right, yeah. yeah. They, they get thumped by Alabama in the next one, but they, they do represent the East in two of their first three opportunities in Atlanta, and A&M puts up one of the most prolific offensive seasons ever with Johnny Manziel. And like, they still lose three games every year. Right, so... It is interesting that Texas A&M got a lot of credit for being like everyone was like, oh, yeah, A&M's a great addition. Missouri, well, uh, whatever. Well, it was all about like, well, everybody knew A&M was joining. Then everyone's like, what's the other team? Are we getting FSU or Clemson? And then it or got Georgia leaked Tech out. Or... It got like uh, it got leaked by like some Missouri intern. They actually published the website or something like that. Do you remember that? I don't. That that I, detail I, escaped me. I, I think I think that's what happened. And then. um and in Missouri's like, okay, I'll, or maybe the conference announced it. Like, okay, I guess we might as well, it's out there now. And everyone's like, oh, Missouri, what? It did feel like a bit of a buzzkill. You know, I think at the time, I remember people saying, well, there'll be a solid basketball edition. You know, that was sort of how it was framed. Yeah, it was, was a basketball decision. Yeah, you're exactly they're, right. They're a filler in football. They might have the occasional good year. And then it's like, well, they really haven't done too much in basketball, but they did go to a couple of SEC championships right off the jump. Right. Michael, what else we got? Uh, Auburn kicked an onside kick off of their second or third touchdown of the game. Um, we haven't seen anything that ballsy from Gus Malzahn since that happened. I'm cool with that. I just wanted to point that one out. Okay. Um, 2013 was a very ballsy Gus Malzahn. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Well, did it feel like you were playing with house money until the end of the year? That's true. Yeah. Like until probably November when you're finally in the top ten and playing your rivals. It's like. Post they're A&M. really doing this. Yeah, yeah, post right. A&M, yeah. They're really doing this. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Trey Mason had 23 carries in the first half. Do you guys remember uh, after every single football game this fall when Booby Whitlow would have like 21 carries and we'd all be like, he's getting overworked. That's too many carries. 
yeah, this is a weird game for running backs. And I don't know if his approach was like, hey, he's got a month to rest after this, regardless of what happens, regardless of if it's uh, just you know a New Year's Day Bowl or the, the championship. I don't know if it had to do with that. I don't know if it had to do with Malzahn. That was kind of before Malzahn was like wanting to even it out. I mean, it, Cap got two carries. <laughs> like, and he scored a touchdown. Yeah. It was a nice run, yeah. actually. I think both, he had a couple of runs were good. He had some good cuts. Like I remember being excited at the time, like, oh, okay, Auburn's in good hands yeah. after Trey Mason leaves. And Corey right. Grant had some good runs, too. I mean, everyone who ran the ball ended up with at least one run where you're like, okay. I think in yeah. 13, Grant averaged like 10 yards. Like I'm, and I'm not, I'll look it up, but I think he averaged double digit yards per touch because he only had a couple of games. They were usually end around sweeps, but there was, and he was effective in 14, but his numbers were off the charts, I think, in 13. Yeah, when you get a four yard run when they run you up the middle, but every now and every like five or six <laughs> touches, you bust one for 60 or 70. It just, it kind of makes you look pretty good. All right, what else, Michael? At one point, the, the referee accidentally laid out Trey Mason. I laughed out loud when that happened. All right. And I felt like it was worth bringing up. Sure. Uh, Gary tried to be like, oh, he tried to get out of the way. I was like, no, no. He stood his ground. He laid out. Like, just give the guy some respect. Yeah. I need to correct myself. He averaged only 9.8 yards a carry. It's crazy how off you are. Come on. Uh, 9.8 yards an average is not not terrible. How many carries did he have? Do you have that? Uh, At 66 attempts um, on the season. That's more than I would have thought, actually. It's like six a game. So it's, yeah, I mean, pretty limited. 647 yards and six touchdowns. Cool. I hope Sean Shivers sees that many touches next year. All right, what else? Uh, so Trevon Reed had a catch in this game. Right. Friend of the program. So he came to campus in 2010 as a wide receiver. So did he only play defensive back for one year in 2014? Yeah, and sparingly. He didn't see the field a whole lot. And then and two then years later, he's starting for the Chargers. It's, it's yeah. an okay. interesting... Yeah. You said he had an interception? No, he had a reception. A catch. A catch. catch. He hadn't switched to corner at, at no, this point so in 2013? I was surprised when I saw that, too. Yeah, that's yeah. why I wrote it. I was like, so he played one year of corner at Auburn and then went to the NFL and started at cornerback. Man, I got my timeline mixed up I, on I, when I, he I played corner. I did too, yeah. The, I, like when he made the catch, I was like, what? Because I saw number one, I was like, wait, Auburn didn't have Duke Williams yet, did they? And then I, my I, last thing, okay. uh, CJ Uzoma was in for one play. He was number 81. Mm-hmm. Am I insane or did he wear number 87? You're insane. You're thinking of Gronk. I could have sworn that Uzoma wore 87. I think he was always 81, right, Painter? I don't remember. Now I'm questioning myself. I don't know. I don't I don't remember. My initial this. thought was that he was like a freshman, he was eighty one, and then after that he was eighty seven. But I have a hard time picturing anybody in an Auburn eighty seven. Huh. Let me look up his bio and see maybe if we got CJ, any clarity. Maybe he's eighty seven with the Bengals and that's why where the confusion comes from. I think I don't he's eighty one with them too. No, he's for sure 87 with the Bengals. He's 81. Let's see. I'm loading the Auburn web now. At least in the picture they've got, he's in I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty yes, confident he's 81. These are the notes that I take while I watch these games. That, that's fine. That's good stuff because it's stuff that I wouldn't really thought to bring up. Painter, do you mind looking up the Bengals number? Mm-hmm. I, think, I, I think he's still 81. I think he's no, still 81. He's 87. Okay. All right. I know he's 87 for the Bengals. I just thought he was also 87 for the... Uh... He has it on Pro Football Reference listed as 87 with the Bengals. All right, we'll count it. You win that one, my friend. 
I just also thought he was for Auburn, but I guess I was wrong. No. Interesting. All right. <laughs> but yeah, cool. Cool. My let bad. us let us know what game you want us to do for uh, next Throwback Thursday, not a 2010 game because we have, we're working on something for that. So, uh, Painter, where can people find you and hear you, friend? Listen to the lunch break. We got you covered. Justin Ferguson and me, plus a host of guests, Michael Zach at times, other members of the Auburn Beat. And a lot of members from The Athletic and at times ESPN. We have some fun, a little bit silly, especially now because, you know, it's just an odd time in sports. We've been bouncing all over the place. More national coverage recently. But if you uh, if you like what it is Zach and Michael are doing here with the Lockdown Auburn podcast, I think you will enjoy the lunch break on ESPN 1067. Painter, if people have a hankering for Ole Miss sports, <laughs> should they go to Locked On Ole Miss? The brother, sister, cousin of this show, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> Locked On Ole Miss. We're three times a week. Zach's taking this uh, hardcore. He's bringing you guys content every day. I'm doing it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So if you got friends or maybe you are interested in Ole Miss, got you covered there too. Michael? Follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn. Follow us on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We will see you tomorrow. This has been another edition of Locked on Auburn. It's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.